to latest in our series on standing in the rubble. We're looking at um, how we emerge um, into this new landscape, and we're giving particular focus over this month of August on spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation. And this morning, we're looking at the spiritual discipline of prayer and journaling, and I am joined by the very familiar face of Malcolm Nichols. So welcome, Malcolm. Thank you. Great to have you with us. Um, so prayer and journaling. Um, prayer is this um, very big, expansive subject. Journaling is a much more narrower, um, maybe less familiar to some. Um, so why don't we start just by talking about what is, what is prayer um, and how do we, um, yeah, what, can you try and sum the, the expanse of what prayer is up for us? Well, when I was thinking about this, I was reflecting back on some notes I made years ago, and uh, I was reminded of a quote that I, I write down quotes when I see them, where I think, oh, that's good, I must use that sometime, or must absorb that sometime. Uh, and it's by a guy called Chuck Miller, who says, prayer is not something you do, it's someone you're with. Mm -hmm. And that has stayed with me and I guess sums up fundamentally my whole attitude to prayer. It's not something I do, it is someone I'm with. It is the relational aspect that is absolutely crucial uh, and the whole purpose of it, um, which reminded me of another quote that uh, I've, I've shared before, I think probably from Eugene Peterson, um, who comments that the great temptation always crouching at the door of prayer is to use prayer as a way to avoid God, using God language to avoid God relationship, using the name of God as a screen behind which to hide from God. And cliches are the usual verbal giveaways of prayer that is in fact non-prayer. And I find that true to myself, that as soon as I start going through the motions and using well-worn phrases in personal prayer, and perhaps even more so if I'm praying with others, I'm very likely to be slipping out of prayer as someone I'm with and into the practice just of prayer as a thing I go through. I think there's a really cautionary um, note in that, isn't it? It's a great observation by Eugene Peterson there, because um, I think so often it's kind of part of our human nature, I think, that we... Um, we will do all sorts of things and turn all sorts of things in ways to avoid the mm. presence of God. So we will talk about God, we will, we will pray in ways around God mm. without actually yeah. getting into the face of God. We will worship God, yeah. we will sing the songs and the songs we like, and what, but without yeah. actually doing the discipline of looking Jesus in the face. I think we do the same with um, our, you know, the whole legalistic, you know, we can, well, if you give me the rules, give me the formula, um, so I don't have to look God in the face. And I think even that sometimes, well, you know, if, if we've prayed a particular way mm. and God's answered it. That's well the then, way to do it. That's the way I'll pray. If I was kneeling in a particular direction or wearing a particular pair of yes. underwear or yeah. if, I was, if I used a particular language or I held my hands in a particular position, mm. well, that must be the formula. So I'll do it because it worked last time, mm. which instantly falls into this habit of negating God, of, of avoiding God rather than... Um, actually encountering and I think that God. kind of um, broadens actually across all so-called spiritual disciplines um, one of my things that I, I resonate so much with is Dallas Willard's comment that um, 
that um, discipline is not, um, what does he say, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. And I think sometimes we have a, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, we slightly <laughs> recoil from that, thinking that we're somehow earning something or deserving something if I do this Or it's thing. legalistic. It's a legalistic way. thing and, you know, God and owes me one here. Um, but grace is not opposed to effort. In fact, no. effort is a crucial thing. One of the things, uh, passages I've been reading recently was in 2 Timothy, where Paul um, talks about uh, three analogies to, to Timothy about the farmer and the soldier mm. and the servant. And in each case, the whole thing, point of it is, you've really got to put some effort into this. You've really got to be intentional mm. about it. You need to try. You need to put effort into it. And I think that's something that I'm perhaps beginning to understand, that I need to put... I sometimes describe it that um, spiritual growth doesn't just happen by kind of osmosis. You know, if mm. I hang around the church long enough, I'll just sort of absorb this and spirituality will sort of permeate into me without any effort mm. on my part. And it, it's not like that. No. I, I used to go to a church once and I used to say, we, we, um, in my younger days, he said, oh, we try and convert people by stealth. That, um, <laughs> that one day they might look back and go, huh, look at that, I'm a Christian. Like, it, like yeah. it's just kind of evolved into that way. But actually, no, and I think, and, and this, I'm really interested by that um, effort, that, Conversate that um, thing that Willard's getting at there about um, it's not opposed to effort and yeah. energy because there's something about these spiritual disciplines as a as a collective mm. that is what they're doing the worth in them is wrestling us away from the mindset that the world imposes on us mm. so um, so generosity mm. wrestles us away from this mindset of not enough. Um, fasting mm. wrestles us away from this mindset of instant gratification. Mm. And um, then, um, what, what are sort of, so I'm trying to think of Sabbath. Or Sabbath. Or Sabbath wrestles us away from this um, mentality that the world gives us about always having to earn, yeah. to work hard, to, to push harder, to get more, to achieve more. So these, these disciplines, all of them, and I think prayer wrestles mm. us away mm. from this mindset of self sufficiency, yes. um, of independence, yeah. that actually we're. we're connected to we're in relationship with and we're subject to um this yeah creator god this father god this yeah. this the creator of all things and yeah then, i mean I, I, that's absolutely right now, i think when i was somewhat younger i reacted against the whole idea of discipline mm. spiritual disciplines was almost like an oxymoron um, i can't imagine you as a rebellious child you can't really well you didn't know me then <laughs> um because i think um, it seemed to me at that time that, well, surely we've just got this living relationship with God and surely yeah. that's, that should just flow naturally and yeah. discipline sounds, as you say, legalistic, it sounds mm. artificial, it sounds contrived. Now, as I'm a little bit older, I, I don't take that view anymore because it isn't forcing myself to do something and thinking I'm gaining glory points for doing it. In fact, as you probably know, in, when I've sometimes taught on spiritual disciplines, I, I kind of call them sensitising habits, because mm. that's what they are. They're not earning anything for me, and they're certainly not uh, making me feel good about myself. But if I want to become more sensitive, then there are things 
that I can, indeed things that I, I have to do. Mm. Because ultimately, I think, we are precisely as spiritual as we really want to be. Um, well, there's a challenge. Yeah. Let's just sit on that for a few <laughs> seconds. We're, as, we're precisely as spiritual as we really want to be. Yeah. And, of course, well. that isn't on the basis of what I say I want to be. No. As Jesus himself says, you know, the building sound, sound and wrath. The one who hears my words and does them mm. is the one. It's interesting. It links to, isn't it, to that idea that um, if you want to know what someone believes, don't listen to what they say. Exactly. Look at what they do. Um, uh, your behaviour will betray your beliefs. And exactly. We, we can say all sorts of things. We believe all sorts of mm. things and we can proclaim all sorts of yeah, things yeah. and we can, we can promote all sorts of things. But actually, yeah. how we behave will evidence yes. what we really care about, yes. what we really prioritise. You know, you heard me say this before, but you know, say, oh, the first will be last and the last will be first. We all go, amen, <laughs> yes. amen, absolutely yeah. believe that. But actually, we're all still trying to be first. Oh, sure. So our behaviour doesn't, our behaviour betrays what we it actually does. believe. Or, yeah. yeah. And um, no, so I think that's, that's, a, that's quite a challenge there, Malcolm. Yeah, so, so then journaling. Okay. Um, so how does journaling fit into this concept of prayer? Um, I came late to the journaling party. Uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever read a book about journaling. I've certainly hadn't thought about it, but some years ago I started hearing more and more people saying, journaling's a really good idea. <clears throat> and so I decided after a while, well, maybe I should give this a go. But I didn't know how you were supposed to do it. And sometimes when you hear people talking about journaling, it seems like they're just keeping a diary, a diary of what they're doing, or maybe a diary of what they're thinking. Um, for me, it isn't that at all. It's a way of forcing myself in God's presence to slow down, mm. to slow right down and be more intentional about about my praying, about my conversation, about my dialogue with God. Because when I'm just praying silently in my head, well, one minute's prayer and then my thoughts are going off here, right. there and everywhere. I'm sure it's not like that for you. But not at all. No, no, no never. Absolutely. I am anything, I am consistently single-minded in my Good prayers. Good for you. Sadly, not for and, me. And, probably and clearly mostly. just lied a second ago. So yes, no, I, my mind is all over the place. I'm yeah, and I find that journaling makes forces me, obliges me to slow down and to be intentional about what what I'm writing because I write it uh, I write it with a pen and on paper don't put me in front of a computer <laughs> that would be death for two reasons, I mean yes there's the obvious reason that I'd be distracted by the email that pops up but yeah. leaving that aside actually what I would do is I would spend far too much time reflecting on exactly how I articulated this thought or comment or right. word. Whereas, and then I'd sort of delete it and put it back better. That's not the point. I write down, personally, my dialogue with God. Right. And so there's a fluidity to There's it. a fluidity. I don't spend too long thinking about every word I'm going to write because it's a conversation with God. And mm. when I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm not... Oh, hang on a minute, can we just do a double take on that and I'll go back and yeah. redo that one? No, yeah. that's my dialogue with God. Yeah. Uh, and it forces me to slow down and to be a bit more intentional and deliberate about what I'm saying to God so my mind doesn't wander. Mm. So I find that helpful. 
I don't know whether other people dial, um, journal in different ways, but for me, I simply write down my conversation with God. Mm. What it is I want to say and am saying to God. So it's always written in the first person. Mm. Um, and so when you journal, because I also know that you walk with God I do quite too. a lot. So I imagine, do you take your journal on your walk with you and Sometimes. then find a bench and write down? or do you? Um, only if I'm going you... out for a more extended time where I know I can sit down. Right, okay. Because <laughs> I can't do it first. So journaling isn't the only way that you... No, it's not. So, like I say, you, you walk with God. I mean, I know that's not in the title, but talk about that a little bit, because I know you find that quite um, valuable, don't you? That's where I kind of... Um, my mind does wander there, and mm. I allow it to wander, and I'll discuss things I'm thinking about with God, and I'll look around, but I am much more um, diffuse in my thinking at that point, and so, you know, I'll be talking to God and then I'll be looking at a view or then mm. my mind will be somewhere else entirely not necessarily spiritual at all mm. um, and that's a, uh, so it's a more I, I need a longer period to just generally process mm. my thoughts yeah, I you're I'm talking about kicking going kicking, kicking leaves, the leaves yeah. with Jesus yeah yes, which I, I, I love that phrase yeah. but then so then journaling though is a bit more intentional more, focus more intentional I can do it when it's raining because <laughs> I don't yeah. have to get wet yeah. I go up to my study um, my high church friends would love me because I tend to light a candle. Not because I've suddenly gone uh, all bells and smells, but um, it's just a kind of sort of token symbol that mm. this is something I'm doing. So I, have a, I get given one or two candles at Christmas time yeah. and light them. And this is me sitting on, on the bed and I will read some scripture usually, mm. um, maybe only a short paragraph sometimes a bit longer, to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Yeah. Um, I find that helps. And then I will start writing. And I will write down my conversation with God quite deliberately um, distinguishing Father, Son and Holy Spirit, actually. Right. And I say that with some trepidation because it's probably unsound. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I know all sorts of people who tell you, yeah, we should pray to the Father through, through Jesus the Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, I know all yeah. that. But yeah. I actually find it really helpful to decide, who am I addressing this to? Am I addressing this to my Heavenly Father? Or am I addressing it to Jesus, my Master? Or am I actually addressing it to the Holy Spirit, my Helper? Mm -hmm. And I will choose, uh, depending on what I'm articulating, what I'm expressing, what I'm saying. Um, and I was actually quite reassured uh, currently using Lectio 365 mm. uh, for Lynn and I and I noticed they do the same thing which is terribly comforting for me because I thought I'd really gone off the rails on this one no, so no, I'll, I'll I think you're I think you're right? fine there I'm okay I think you're right, fine good yeah. that's a relief um, yeah and the um, it's interesting because um, Carla Harding who is national director for 24-7 um, prayer and therefore leads on the Lectio 365 she's we've done recorded interview with her that you can mm. see online and um and yeah she was talking about Lectio 365 and the discipline um within that and mm. and um yeah so it's a really good conversation that i'd mm. encourage you yeah, to um connect in so how do people um you know people might be watching this and kind of going oh my goodness you walk with jesus and you journal and you pray i mean surely 
surely giant. in the same way that Moses was the most humble man that ever lived. Surely, <laughs> surely this is the most holy man that's ever lived. Which is interesting. I refer back to your previous challenge. If you're as spiritual as you want to be, um, so. But how do people maybe who feel that prayer is less accessible for them, or God is less accessible for them, or journaling might be, or they don't know how to get started? Um, what would you say um, to to those people who um, try and put to one side all thoughts of what uh, you think other people's spirituality looks like, <laughs> especially mine? Because when we had this conversation, because we're talking about prayer and journaling, that's what we're talking about, yeah. um, which might, might sound as though, you know, does he do anything except pray? Yes, I don't journal every day. <laughs> uh, I don't go walking. Fix a lot of computers. <laughs> I do a few other things as well. <laughs> I don't go kicking leaves with Jesus every day. Yeah. I try personally two or three times a week to make sure that I've got time. I know that I want to be able to relate with Jesus in the hurly-burly of everything going on. And for those who are you know, working in, in jobs and stuff like that, don't have the luxury that I currently have of, a, you know, I don't need to start before, you know, too early in the morning. I can, I, I, I can give some time at the beginning of the day. But start somewhere. It doesn't actually, in a Lectio 365, for example, it's 10 minutes, typically, mm. or something That's like right. that. Yeah. Um, so don't sort of say, I've got to do an hour with Jesus every morning. Uh, well, you're probably setting yourself up for a fall on that one. And don't do what I did with my revision plan <laughs> in my A-levels, where I, I spent hours creating this fabulous plan of how I was going to revise and then, and then didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't so, do that. Um, and so get a, get a book, a notebook, anything that you find helpful, and a pen, and determine that, you know, sometimes a week you're going to... Um, you're going to sit down, read some scripture, and choose to pray. And um, you do need to put it in your diary. Well, it depends whether you use a diary. But if you work with a diary, yeah. I suggest you put it in the Schedule diary. Because otherwise, something will just come in. Yeah. And, you know, can we meet at nine? In general, I will say ten would be better. And I yeah. say that for a reason, because yeah. I want that first hour to have space. Now, not everybody's going to have that time. But put it in a diary. Um, and there is a degree of um, self-organisation here. Uh, I, I commented, I think, a while ago when, about praying and about uh, particularly praying in tongues. Um, and I think I may have shocked a few people when I said that I sometimes choose to pray in tongues and set a timer, which is the most unspiritual thing I think I have ever heard. And I, you know, I'm ashamed of myself. But the reality is that I want to use that gift. I'm told in Scripture that it builds me up. So I want to use it. But yeah. typically, after the first 30 seconds, I've run out of steam. So there's a discipline. There's a discipline there. I choose to, to set a timer and say, I'm going to pray in tongues thing. for this period of time. Yeah. It may be helpful. I think just to, um, one of my own observations as well around the discipline, um, as someone who has a very busy diary and lots of people asking to meet about lots of things and whatever. Um, what I used to do was I'd kind of go, oh, well, this time set aside for prayer. But then someone would come and go, oh, can I meet? And I'd go, um, hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, kind of, oh, I can reschedule my prayer and I can, okay, yeah, yeah, because 
people are important. I don't want to say no to people and all this sort of stuff. And then actually, someone said to me once, no, put it in as a meeting mm. because then you won't reschedule it. It'll, mm. it'll be just as important as any other meeting. Mm. You're meeting with God. Mm. Put it in your diary as a meeting. Mm. So then, no, you can't mm. reschedule that person because that would You're be busy. rude, right? They might not be able to make it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> issues, but, yeah. um, so I yeah. um, just that that discipline. Sometimes you go, oh, yeah, I'll set time aside for prayer, but oh, something else, can, oh, yeah, it's fine. The prayer thing can slide a little bit. And actually, if we, if we treat it, mm. in my case, as a meeting, or whatever that looks like for people, mm. it's that, there's that discipline mm. to it of yeah. guarding that time. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. I think um, another thing that I find important in prayer, and it sort of overlaps with journaling, and I, I alluded to this, I think, back in April when I was doing some teaching, I think it actually is helpful in your dialogue, in my dialogue anyway, with God, to ask him questions. Because people have, people, we have this big hang-up about, I, can, I don't hear God. You know, I, I've lost count of the number of people who, you know, when you start talking about hearing God, you can see their eyes glaze over. It's all right for you. You're obviously sort of mm. getting voices in your head every five minutes. I don't hear God. I think that's largely due to people having a, a wrong impression of what hearing God is like. And one of the helps that I find is to ask God specific questions, mm. when, and not yes-no questions. I say that deliberately because yes-no questions treats God like divination. You know, should I do this? Yes. Okay. Or the those eight ball things. Well, yeah. No, no, yes. <laughs> yes. Not that. But Lord, how are you feeling about me today? It's yeah. a good question. An open yeah. question. Yeah. Lord, are there any issues between us today? Uh, Lord, is there uh, anybody or anything that should be my overwhelming priority today? And you'd be surprised at the number of people who, when you ask, so who, Lord, should be on my mind for prayer or, or whatever today? Oh, yeah, I get that. Mm. Yeah, someone came to mind. Uh, yeah, I should pray for them. Right. That's mm. probably the Holy Spirit. Um, and then sort of, um, Lord, is there a word or a phrase, maybe from the scripture that I've been reading, that you really want to me to mull over and marinate around and think about? Mm. Um, so ask God those sorts of questions, yeah. I think, helps us to understand uh, and for, for the thing not to be an entirely one-way conversation. Yeah. And if I can shamelessly borrow Jan's uh, practice... Uh, I have started, since I heard her doing it, writing down anything I think God might be saying to me in a different colour pen. So I just recognise it. I mean, it's yeah. fairly obvious. Yeah. But, oh, okay. That might be God. And it's actually quite crucial, and I'm, I'm not all that smart at this, but Jesus says when he goes in the desert, he quotes Deuteronomy, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that God speaks. And I find that my own spiritual life comes alive to the degree that I hear God speaking. Even if it is only, my son, I love you. Mm. To hear that in the morning, or whenever you're praying, simple phrase, but you sense God said it to you, mm. that helps me live. Mm. And it stops and by asking questions that provoke open questions, that invite God to, to come back to me helps me to realise it's not a one-way conversation, helps me to practice the, the dialogue aspect of it. Wow. Thank you, Malcolm. So much, um, yeah, beauty and wisdom in that. Lots for us to 
think about, not least that challenge of you're as spiritual as you want to be. Um, okay, thanks very much. Thank you, Adam.